Hello and welcome to the Arise and Build podcast. This is Jody Grace and we're here to inspire, educate, and activate believers in Missouri to steward and protect freedom in every area of life, especially here in the heart of America. We're going to be talking about what's happening right here in our culture, how it connects to scripture, and what we can do to bring our conservative Christian values back into the public square. If you haven't already, I'd love for you to go ahead, hit the subscribe button so you can get our updates and join us as we work together, just like Nehemiah and the Israelites did, to arise and build a wall around the great state of Missouri. Hey, I hope you're having a great day. Thank you so much for joining me again here on the podcast. And we probably, as you already know, are going to keep talking through this story of Nehemiah. We are into the middle of chapter two, where Nehemiah has arrived in Jerusalem. He has inspected the wall. And in verse 17, he had decided to start talking to people. Um, he says in verse 17, then I said to them, you see the bad situation we are in that Jerusalem is desolate and its gates burned by fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them how the hand of my God had been favorable, favorable to me and also about the king's words, which he had spoken to me. Then they said, let us arise and build. So they put their hands to the good work. Now, this is the Arise and Build podcast. And of course, this is the exact verse that our title of this program came from. Because it was not just Nehemiah. It was not just ordered by a king. It was not just, you know, a plan that got talked about. It wasn't just complaining. It wasn't just the the Israelites looking around and complaining and groaning and moaning about what was happening. These Israelites said, let us arise and build. So they put their hands to the good work. And, you know, let me tell you folks, we could stand around and look at all that has happened in our government over decades and decades. Some of our problems within this government, uh, even here in Missouri, have been brewing literally for decades, if not a century or more. And we could look around at the ruin and throw up our hands and say, what's the use? But I don't believe that that is God's plan or his desire for this nation or for his people. I believe it is our responsibility to see what God is doing around us. And it is our responsibility to take it up And say, let us arise, get up out of our houses, off of our comfy couches, out from in front of our phones. You know, maybe even it's time for us to get out of the gym or off of the bench at the ball field. Maybe it's time to reprioritize 
arise and put our hands to the good work of doing what is necessary to protect the people. And that's actually what the wall did. It wasn't just a wall. It wasn't just like a piece of furniture or something pretty to look at. It actually had a function. And I've talked with many, many people about this, but the wall was important because it protected the people. Now, in our culture today, we don't need an actual wall around a city or an actual wall around the state. However, I would like for that real wall to be built on our southern border. But what we do need is a protective measure put back in place. We do need for our constitution to be honored and respected. It is within the Constitution of the United States of America and the Constitution of the state of Missouri that protects the people, that protects the people's rights and our freedoms. And when the constitutions are not honored and respected, then our rights tend to drift away. And I believe that that is what we are seeing happen Our constitution in Missouri is definitely not being honored. That is definitely not being respected by our General Assembly. And, you know, one of the most serious things that can happen when our constitution starts to be degraded is that eventually, I believe, we will see our religious rights, our right to assemble, our freedom of speech. And in many ways, you can already see this happening in different places. You know, you can look on social media and see all of this censorship that's happening. Um, and then when you know that that actually came at the hand of the federal government, that's, I mean, such, such <laughs> a violation of the Constitution. So when the Constitution is not honored and respected and upheld, then the rights of the people began to deteriorate. And then our lives look very, very different And one of the things I believe that will come if we don't start investing in and taking care of the government, I believe we will start to eventually see a deterioration of our rights to religion and our right to worship and assemble in church. We did see an attack on that through the COVID crisis uh, that churches were forced to shut down. We did see that even come through legislation In 2021, when they passed SB 51, a COVID liability bill that did protect hospitals, nursing homes, retailers, manufacturers, advertisers, anything that had anything to do with COVID, they protected all of those entities. They did not protect the church. They did not protect small businesses. They did not protect individuals. So... I believe that if we aren't careful, we are going to see more of that happen. And it is high time that we start paying attention, taking the time to learn, and that we arise from wherever we've been sitting and we start to rebuild it back. The wall around the city was important. Our constitution is important You know, in Ezra, the book just before Nehemiah, the temple got rebuilt. Now, the temple is, of course, where they worship. And 
Unfortunately, when you talk to a lot of pastors there, they don't seem to understand the connection between the church and the government. You know, they've been sold a lie about this idea of the separation of church and state. What they've been told isn't exactly true, but they have believed it. And in conjunction with the Johnson Act, that uh, prohibited them from speaking about political things uh, for fear of losing their tax status, their 501c3 status, uh, you have now a system of religion in America where the churches have been lied to, they've believed the lie, much just like um, our legislators in Jefferson City have believed that they don't have the power when they actually do have the power to change it. They have the power to change the process. That has very, in a similar, in a very similar way happened inside the church that many, many pastors have believed this lie that they don't have the power that, and the freedom that they actually do. So, but we need to realize that the church that was the temple that was rebuilt in Ezra, in the book of Ezra, they had to have the wall. If the wall around the city had not been rebuilt in the book of Nehemiah, the, the temple would never have stayed upright. It would have been attacked and they would not have been able to continue to worship. The temple was probably the center of their lives. Yes, definitely the function of the temple was more important, you might say, than the wall. But without the wall, the temple would never have stood. In the United States of America, we need both. We have to have a place to worship. We need our churches open. We need our freedom of religion. That is a paramount to our livelihoods. We want that to be the priority. But without the Constitution and without a government that protects that, we are going to be in big trouble. And it's going to be more trouble than just economic problems or... Um, you know, the leftist cultural issues in our face. We are going to truly start losing our freedoms. And I believe one of those freedoms that we will lose is our freedom to assemble and our freedom. Eventually, I believe they will come after our freedom to worship and our freedom of religion. So that's just my personal opinion, but it is the case for why investing your time and energy into learning about and understanding how your government functions is very important. And then you need to take personal responsibility and take the actions that is required to participate in the way that it was designed for you to participate in. So I have almost used all of our time talking about scripture and Nehemiah and Ezra. And I do want to transition just for a couple of minutes and talk to you about Senate leadership. Last week, we talked about the House. This week, we're talking about the Senate. I gave you an overview of the Senate yesterday on the podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about the leadership of the Senate. The Senate is led by the president um, of the Senate, who is actually the lieutenant governor. However, the lieutenant governor most days is not even present in the Senate. The Senate on a day-to-day -day basis is led by the president pro tem. 
in this term, this current term that we're in, which is the 2023 and 2024 term, uh, our president pro tem in the Senate is Senator Caleb Rowden. He's from Boone County. And the next position of leadership is called the majority floor leader. Now, if you were listening last week, you know we have a majority floor leader also in the House. So our majority floor leader in the Senate does have similar responsibilities as the House floor leader. Uh, This position of leadership is basically in charge of how things function on the floor of the Senate when they're actually in the Senate chamber um, doing business. So it's up to the majority floor leader which uh, bills come up or which calendar they're working on. And the calendar system is something we can talk about a different day, but basically she decides what they're going to work on for the day. And uh, she does have a lot of control, although less than House leadership. Our senators do have a lot of power uh, for each one of them individually has a lot of power because like I said before, every time they stand to be recognized, they must be recognized on the floor. So in the Senate, your president pro tem does function very similarly to the House Speaker. He is choosing who sits on the different committees. He's choosing the committee chairs and it is also his job to refer bills to committees. So he gets to choose which committees the bills actually go to. And we already know, because we've talked about it before, that system right there, when one person is in charge of the committees, the chairs, and the bill referral, we're setting things up for a lot of um, unethical behavior to happen because you're always vying for the favor of the pro tem. Now, the referral process looks a little different in the Senate. He has to refer in order. So once the bills are first and second read, then they are referred. There's not a big holding period. He doesn't have the ability to hold them um, like the House Speaker does. So that process works a little more quickly in the Senate. And um, for that reason, I I actually like that a whole lot better. I wish that it was that way in the House. Um, So the president pro tem still does have a lot of power and primarily I would say that's um, that's where his power rests is in the creation of the committees and referring bills out to the committees. Now, once a bill has gone through committee, then he does have the option whether or not he calls the bill at a committee. So it does happen, I've seen it happen, where a bill will pass even unanimously through a committee, but he chooses not to call it up to the floor. He, he can choose to let a bill die in the committee if he wants. He does not have to call it out of the committee to be on the floor and debated. So that's a little nugget of information for you about the Senate today. We'll talk more tomorrow. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope this is helpful and encouraging to you, and I hope you'll come back tomorrow. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate it. I hope you found it beneficial and valuable. I'd really encourage you in the next few days to pick up your Bible and grab the practical tools you need to arise and build. Don't forget to subscribe and check out the blog at jodygrace.com. I'll see you soon.